1: Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to the Big
0: Cruise Podcast.
2: Hello, hello! Once again, second time this week, it's Baz back with a bonus episode, episode 151. Uh, thanks to our good friends at Piano Australia as uh, Chris mentioned in episode 150 he was heading across to Sydney uh, to be a part of the uh, the celebrations of pO's 90th anniversary year and of course some of these events have taken place around Australia already we did attend one here in Fremantle WA uh, but this one was all around and all centered around uh, Sydney and the fact that this was the birthplace of PO cruises uh, over 90 years ago so Chris is uh, on board for the special festivities which took place on Monday the 24th of uh, July and he's got some very special guests that'll be joining him in the show including a fellow maritime historian uh, the president of PO Australia a past guest of uh, PNO's earliest voyage uh, to name just a few but i think it's uh, time to get the show on the road chris has uh, kindly prepared all this audio for us live in sydney and i think you're in for a little treat enjoy the show
3: Thanks, Baz. Well, I'm here in Sydney Harbour. It's a very special day because a Pacific adventure is in the port and uh, P&O is celebrating 90 years of cruising out of Sydney. And I'm joined today by uh, my fellow uh, author of the uh, photographic history of PO Cruises, Rob Henderson. And Rob's had a, a long history with P&O, uh, having worked with the, with the line back in the, the day of uh, ocean voyages and uh, has a lot of experience with P&O. Rob, thanks so much for joining me today.
4: Yes, thank you, Chris.
3: So we're standing here looking at um, Pacific Adventure alongside Circular Quay, and I'm just curious to to go back in time a little bit and think about what it might have looked like here that day that uh, Strathaird was preparing to depart on her first cruise.
4: Yeah, well, the Strathaird departed from the P&O Wharf, which was on the opposite side of Sydney Cove uh, next to the Opera House. Mm. And the Orient Line and P&O had uh, joint wharves there, and that was the position that the Strathaird sailed on its first cruise the interesting thing about it was that the ship was uh, really full before it was advertised yeah Uh, people were waiting for the iconic mail ships to do cruising out of sydney and they knew that uh, p&o was working on it and of course when the it was announced that they were going to do a cruise there was very little advertising except in the shipping columns
3: so there was um cruising already happening with p&o out of out of the uk and then um, was Australia sort of waiting for their turn?
4: That's correct. And the interesting thing about this, it was a glorious summer day, middle of December, not far. Uh, there were storms coming in, there was a southerly coming in, it was a nice calm day mm. until the ship left the heads and then it was a little bit of a bumpy night.
3: Like oh, sure. First yeah. night to see a bit bumpy.
4: <laughs> and and looking at... That was uh... That, uh, years before... Um, Uh, uh, stabilisers
3: of course yeah and the opera house of course wouldn't have been there at that time either would it
4: no that was the old um, tram sheds for Sydney Mm. uh, Fort Denison Um, but it was amazing uh, uh, visual in Sydney you've got these wonderful big apartment buildings they were not there there was just wharf after wharf completely Mm. along the both sides of the harbour
3: the era of the ocean liner Sydney
4: Cove I should call it yeah
3: (laughs) Um, and if you look at uh, Pacific Adventure here, it's uh, you know, 100 a uh, 110,000 gross tonne ship, uh, how would it compare against the Strathaird?
4: Strathaird was 23,000
3: tonnes. <laughs> so much smaller. Uh,
4: much smaller. <laughs> uh, she carried 11, 1200 passengers. Now mm. how many passengers do you get in this ship now? Oh, thousands, in, isn't it?
3: Yeah, three to 4,000. Yeah.
4: That's quite a, a huge change in shipping. Of course, Sydney was always a a harbour city, and one of the things that the problem that they had way back in the 20s and 30s was a shortage of wharfage. Okay. So quite often these big um, uh, cruise or uh, mail ships had to go around to Farm Cove for Mm. the uh, finger wharf. Okay. Um,
3: Because they talk about the shortage of um, berthing space for cruise ships now as if it's a
4: it's the uh, same situation. <laughs> same
3: situation, isn't it? Yeah. yeah well,
4: we, we've got the situation where you've had the Queen Mary, for example, leaving from the, um, uh, the naval. Yeah,
3: base. yeah. That was. She can get into Circular Key now, but for the first few visits, she was stuck at the naval base and um, yeah, causing quite a stir. Rob, thanks so much for for joining me and sharing that uh, little little bit of history. Um, I, we're both you and I are working on uh, the second edition of the P and O. Uh, photographic history book and many of the pictures in that book are from the uh, Henderson Kramer collection which you've been curating for such a long time and uh, it really has made the world of difference for people to be able to see um, P&O's heritage through those, those photographs so thanks so much again Thank you Chris Take care
2: Next up we hear from uh, Ricky Lee, the godmother of Pacific adventure and popular Musician, entertainer, and performer here in Australia.
5: I've been much piano over the years, and I feel like I'm part of the family and part of the furniture anyway. So, you know, it was kind of bound to happen one day. I was, had my fingers crossed. So, I'm so proud to be the godmother of Pacific Adventure, and I'm so happy to be part of the piano family. So, thank you so much for having me, um, and I'm excited to,
4: to set sail. Well, Ricky thank, thank you so, so much. But look, you have blessed the ship, but now can you bless us with a song to go with that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Please
4: welcome to the stage,
1: Ricky oh Lee.
3: So I'm here with Alison on board the Pacific Adventure, the 90th anniversary celebration, and Alison's got a very unique story, a very special connection to the Strathaird. Alison, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Good, and well, thanks for asking me, Chris.
3: So what is your special connection with the Strathaird?
1: My special connection with the beautiful Strathaird is that I was born on the Strathaird.
3: That's remarkable. So what was the ship doing at the time when you were born?
1: The ship was on her way from the UK, to Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad had, was a merchant seaman, my mother was in the English Navy mm-hmm. and they met in the UK and we were married there and when it was time for me to come yeah. <laughs> to be born I traveled with mum uh, to Australia and I should have been born in Australia but I must have been keen to be born <laughs> on the water yeah. and so I was. <laughs>
3: And because of that, you have a very interesting birth certificate, don't you?
1: My birth certificate usually causes a bit of um, interest. It's quite big. It's a marine marine birth certificate. Okay. And so it lists my coordinates as 5 degrees 50 minutes north and 80 degrees 12 minutes west. Isn't that remarkable?
3: So instead of a place of birth, it's actually the coordinates.
1: Yeah. So it wasn't until I was applying for my passport, I found out I had to... uh, Get a uh, certificate of um, descent. Okay. Citizenship by descent. Mm. So, uh, my place of birth, I list on my passport, is London, mm-hmm. because the ship <coughs> that's was registered where yeah, there. Mm.
3: that's where she was. Re- and uh, did you ever travel back on Strathed after your birth cruise? <laughs>
1: Uh, not on Strathiear, but no. I did go back with um, my mother to visit to visit relatives on on other
3: other ships at yeah. the time. Were they uh, Orient Line ships? I think you said.
1: Yeah, they were. Well, uh, they were on, say, in the Orchides, but mm. Orient joined
3: with P and O later. Yeah, remarkable. And I I understand that you did something pretty special to celebrate a recent birthday.
1: That was a nice surprise. My daughter surprised me. She said, We'll go back to where it started. Mm-hmm. Well, not really back to where it started, but back on the water. So I had my 70th birthday on a PO cruise. Oh, that
3: fantastic. Which ship was it?
1: Uh, it was this one. This one? Okay.
3: Yeah. yeah. So you were on the biggest ship of the fleet. Very nice. <laughs>
1: yeah. So my, my 60th birthday, I took two girlfriends. Mm-hmm. who we were on the Pacific Jewel. Okay. Because we all celebrated our 60th birthday the same year. Yeah. So I took them into a little cruise. Oh, and she was a was lovely ship. The, first cruise that they uh, went to
3: tangle oh fantastic that's great well thank you so much for chatting with me it's such such a pleasure to meet someone who has such a unique connection to p&o it's lovely i just love being out in the
1: water it's just terrific and p&o is fabulous
3: thank you so much you're welcome i'm on board the pacific adventure on the 90th anniversary of p&o cruises and i'm joined here by marguerite Fitzgerald, the president of p&o australia marguerite thanks so much for joining me
5: thanks for having me chris
3: So this is a really exciting day. Uh, P&O 90 years celebrated in Sydney, the port where all the cruising started. What are you most excited about, I suppose, when it comes to looking at the 90th anniversary of this brand?
5: For me, it's about recognising just how much we are a part of Australian uh, psyche and Mm -hmm. particularly like the history of Sydney. If Mm. you think about it, when the first P&O cruise ship went under the Sydney Harbour Bridge, it was the first coat of paint mm-hmm. that was just dry <laughs> and since then um, you know as everything else has happened around this iconic harbor, PNO has been a constant.
3: Yeah it's remarkable to think that those there was a whole heap of people who would have traveled on PO ships in and out of Sydney who wouldn't have even seen the Sydney Opera House. It predates that.
5: Oh, exactly. As, as I, I love the uh, the quote, you know, um, Jan Ertzen was only 14 years old yeah. when the first P&O cruise ship sailed here. So, I mean, they mu- you know, o has been here through all the changes of the mm-hmm. harbour. Um, but, you know, I, I think one of the things that is so iconic about the PO brand is not just its cruising history, but it's history in you know the great migration to mm-hmm, australia mm-hmm. and i think you and i have discussed before you know over a million australians yep. came out on piano cruise ships and I still want to know how many Australians can trace their heritage back to a piano cruise ship.
3: <laughs> I've got Rob, our um, co-author, who, who obviously was on board for this um, event. Um, he's looking into that, trying to trying to work it out because there's so many lists to go through, so many sailing schedules and so many passenger lists. And one of the things that I find interesting is that I mean, I've got friends whose parents migrated here on ships. One of them came here on the Fairstar before it started doing cruises. Yeah. And you must hear stories like that all the time.
5: Uh, all the time. I think um, you and I have discussed. I recently discovered that my mother-in-law came mm. out on a P&O cruise ship. She never told me that. It was her sister <laughs> who told me. But I had this realisation that my children mm. are part of a P&O yeah. generation which I'd never thought about. But then it also made me start to question my history because my family came to Australia in the mid to late 1800s. Mm. And that's also a time when P&O was bringing passengers out to Australia. Yeah, remarkable. So, you know, I sort of wonder how many people know about their P&O history How many people don't know about
3: it? Absolutely, yeah. I guess there's all sorts of hidden stories that people don't uncover until they look through the records. And, you know, just walking through the city today on the way down here, there's hoardings up around some of the buildings that have been worked on and there are pictures of the harbour. And in each of those pictures, there's inevitably a P&O ship.
5: I I know, that's my point about how iconic it is. You know, this is an iconic harbour. But one of the things, we often talk about the things around the harbour that make it iconic, be it the um, Opera House, be it the Harbour Bridge, be it Luna Park. But there's also a P&O cruise ship that makes it iconic. And I think that's one of the things that for me, when you ask about why this 90th birthday celebration is so important, it is a chance for us to actually talk about this. I don't think we have... I don't think we've spoken about the fact that, you know, of the million Australians that cruise every year, one in two of those mm-hmm. are on a P&O cruise ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, most Australians uh, who start cruising, start cruising on a P&O cruise mm-hmm. ship. So I think this really is, I think it deserves the iconic status of everything else around this harbour. Yeah.
3: And um, just finally, before uh, before you go, this celebration was hosted on board Pacific Adventure. She's the newest ship in the fleet. She's one of the biggest ships that shares the title with Pacific um, Encounter. What makes this ship stand out to you? Like what's so special about the amenities that are offered here?
5: Look, I think by far, as you said, this is the biggest ship that's ever been in the p fleet. And so that enables us to offer, you know, even more of the things that Australians like doing. Um, this ship was especially fitted for this market, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like the water slides and the mm-hmm. great bars and restaurants that australians love but one of the things that we did with this ship is we uh, made some engineering changes so that she can go under the bridge
3: i know so special
5: and that means that now for a new generation of australian cruisers um, or just australians they get that moment of sailing mm. under
3: the yep. sydney harbour bridge i mean that's probably one of the best ways to demonstrate the australian connection because there's a lot of ships of this size that don't go under the bridge because they don't make that modification here they took some off the funnel I believe to let yes. it go under the bridge and what a better way to show is an Australian icon than to say we're actually going to give that Australian experience
5: no oh, absolutely and and having I don't know if you've done it Chris but sailing under yeah. on Pacific Adventure um, there is a moment when you are like oh wow are we gonna hit are mm. we gonna hit because you're so close but there's also that feeling of being so close to to that icon of the bridge and you go wow this is this is a moment that you know very I've seen people wake up at you know five o'clock in the morning to have that experience as we come back in as well yeah doesn't matter how cold it is yeah. the weather's like they just want that moment of going underneath exactly. the bridge
3: well i did it on uh, pacific um, explorer and it's you know a little bit smaller oh, than this smaller. one so i'll have to try it on this one and get that experience too oh, but you will. It, it's has uh, been a remarkable day congratulations on the 19th anniversary and thanks so much for talking to me
5: uh thanks chris we always enjoy having you on board
3: oh thank you So here we are at the end of uh, my day on board Pacific Adventure. I'm actually sitting here in the Sydney airport, ready to board a plane, and thought I'd just uh, share a few reflections of um, the experience today, uh, celebrating 90 years uh, of P&O, and it's you know, it's the third one of these big celebrations that they've done in Australia. They've also had one in, uh, in Auckland. And the Sydney event was really, really unique. Um, remarkably, the weather held off. It had been pouring with rain in the morning before the event started, cleared up. We ended up with a beautiful sunny day for the actual event and the uh, the naming ceremony and then um, uh, as uh, people left the ship it started to pour with rain again so um, it was almost as if the uh, the weather knew that we had something special happening on board uh, Pacific Adventure today and um, and held up but I was very lucky afterwards as well I got to spend the, the rest of the day on board the ship um, photographing and videotaping it for YouTube, uh, and so I'll be doing a, um, a full tour of Pacific Adventure, which will be my third and uh, and final tour of the Pando Australia fleet. Um, which is great because it means that um, you can check out all three ships on my YouTube channel um, and see what they look like on the inside. Um, really appreciated the opportunity to talk to um, the the various people today, including Marguerite, of course, president of. Uh, P&O Cruises, uh, Rob Henderson um, and Alison, who was born on board the um, the Strathaird, you heard from earlier in this podcast, and um, you know reflecting on P&O as a brand, it's such a unique company. It had such a unique place in the in the heritage and the history of um, travel. It was a, a brand that, or a company that, pioneered so many different transportation routes back in the um, 19th and 20th centuries, and then with its pivot to cruising, has really been able to uh, expand the the cruising offering in two major markets, both here in Australia and, of course, the other brand that um, operates in the United Kingdom. Both part of the Carnival Corporation. P&O itself, uh, back when Carnival um, merged with P&O Princess, the Peninsula and Oriental Steam Navigation Company continued, and it was actually acquired by uh, DP World in Dubai. And so it um, still operates uh, ferries, it still has um, cargo uh, capacity. A lot of the cargo offerings and ports were P&O-affiliated organizations. So across uh, the various uh, versions of P&O, there's quite a lot of presence around the world. And the one thing that they all do share is they all use the original P&O house flag with uh, that um, very distinctive flag that um, p has on the bow of all of their ships. So p in Australia, very special place in the hearts of many Australian cruisers. Uh, it is the longest serving permanent cruise brand here in Australia. It is also um, the The largest cruise brand to have a presence year round in Australia. And uh, with the these two new ships, Pacific Encounter and Pacific Adventure, grand class ships, significant um, upscale in terms of the size and capacity that they have to offer uh, in the Australian market. And uh, along with uh, Pacific Explorer, which is the smaller sister, uh, they have a, you know a really great offering and um, a very bright future I think ahead of them as Australians continue. Um, to take a and o holiday and reconnect with a brand that many of their families might have travelled on. As Marguerite was saying, so many people can trace their heritage back to a voyage to Australia on a P&O ship. Thanks so much, Baz, and back to you in the studio.
2: Well, thank you, Chris. I don't really know. There's an awful lot more I can say to, uh, to sum up what sounds like an incredible day on board uh, Pacific Adventure in Sydney Harbour as uh, you not only witnessed the uh, the christening of the ship but also the uh, the 90th birthday celebrations also wanted to extend my thanks to those guests who agreed to uh, to join Chris on today's podcast it's always great to have such a a variety of voices and experiences and thoughts on uh, on the the current cruise industry and of course the history of uh, the importance of uh, cruising gear to and from Australia over the years of course, do check out Chris's uh, YouTube page in the coming days or weeks as he will be launching uh, that third and final uh, video of uh, the video tour of Pacific Adventure. Uh, but uh, once again, thank you very, very much to, to Chris and to the, the guests and uh, wishing anybody that may be undertaking a cruise on P&O in uh, the near future a very, very memorable cruise holiday. Until next time.
1: That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon
0: voyage.